next few months, well, I am looking forward to getting involved with some of our hotel openings that are coming soon. So we're, you know, very busy getting prepared to support those hotels. I am very proud to believe that I've made a positive impact for the lives of 100 individual elephants. Hello, my name is Renee Leith Manos. Welcome to this podcast, Where To From Here, featuring conversations about luxury travel and how it's changing in every pocket of the globe. really is the new luxury but how did your career take you on a path where you're sitting here talking to me as vice president of sustainability for six senses hotels okay well there's no short answer really to that question i started out my career originally in environmental engineering back in canada which is where i'm from i worked in that field very briefly I worked in sustainable tourism, uh, community-based tourism, elephant conservation work, backpackers in the jungle, hanging out with villagers, indigenous communities. Um, and you know, later in my career, this opportunity came to join Six Senses, a global brand with a great reputation on sustainability in the luxury space. And of course I jumped at it and uh, I joined the company back in 2016. It's been an exciting wild ride for me since then through our growth phase. And uh, it's been really exciting and, and interesting. That's an incredibly, incredibly impressive background that you have to come to this job. But for our audience, what defines sustainability in luxury hotels? Because a lot of people think, oh, I just have to you know, use my towels two days in a row. What, what is it? Again, no short answer really to answer that question in a comprehensive way, but it, what it should do is cover everything in, involving energy, water and waste that goes into producing a fantastic stay for our guest. Uh, and in the luxury space, we very much, at least with Six Senses, and I think this is a growing consensus within the industry, is that sustainability has got to be part of the product. So it's not something that we look at as cutting corners or on, uh, in terms of the guest experience or giving less to our guests we actually see sustainability as part of the value that we are offering our guests. They're going to, they can rest assured that they will have sustainability built into their stay for them. And it needs to cover everything from, like you mentioned, the towels, um, but really in the back of house, in the way that the building is built, in the way that we source our goods and services, uh, supporting local communities, making sure that we're benefiting the, the environment and wildlife and you know everything in between. And okay, so what does your job involve in a practical sense? Are you going to each property and assessing it for sustainability and making changes? Or how is it working and how quickly is it possible to make hotels and luxury hotels sustainable? Ooh, okay, so a couple of questions in that one. Um, yes, in my role, I, I'm very privileged. I do get to visit our hotels uh, and I'm happy to do that. And I, we are very operational focused in our application of sustainability. So we have a sustainability management framework that we work within that starts with a set of policy documents, the rules, the do's and don'ts on sustainability. And then we visit the hotels and audit their compliance to that system. So that's something that I'm involved with and part of, and my team, a small team that we have in our home office for Six Senses. 
And how do you educate staff about this? I mean, some of your properties are in very isolated locations. For example, I believe you're opening one soon in the Himalayas. How do you educate people who perhaps are in far off locations and potentially just not aware of the massive effects of the, of the environment is trying to cope with at the moment? How do you educate them? Yeah, actually, so Six Senses Vana is about to open um, at the foothills of the Himalayas in India. We also have Six Senses Bhutan, which is way up in the hills. Um, very exciting properties. We do a lot on education and training. So of course, like all hotels, we have a training manager at every hotel. We have a training team. So we have sustainable, sustainability specific training units that we roll out. We do a lot around team building on sustainability. So one of the targets from, from our home office that we're supporting our hotels on is to try at least once a month to organize some kind of activity where our hosts can leave their normal day-to-day -day and to the local community or give back to the environment in some sort of team building event. But do you find that, you know, your staff get it or is it hard to get them to get it? I guess that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the first step is showing them that it's something we can do. You know, because when you look at sustainability, it's very easy to become a deer in the headlights, just kind of frozen in, in, in fear, right? I mean, there's some big issues out there. There's some big, hairy goals that need to be achieved for the world to stay on course for a livable place. Let's be honest, right? And, yeah. and it can be, it's very easy to feel, well, what can I do? And that's why it's important for us to demonstrate continuously that there are acts we can take that we can do this we can take one step forward one by one and each step that we take in this journey is an important step and that can you know that's that's doing things in the community and environment and those are fun right that's what also why we do them it's fun it's it's fun to get together with the villagers and, and clean clean the village and then you know go for a drink at the local shop after with everybody it's, it's great it's good um, but also it's small acts we can take in our own roles inside the hotel. So maybe it's changing those light bulbs. Maybe it's getting around to replacing that old air conditioning unit that we know is inefficient and, and wasting energy. Maybe it's just turning off the taps when we leave the kitchen, turning off the burners when they're not being used in the kitchen. So it's these, it's these smaller acts that we can do on a day-to-day -day basis and focusing on those while, while also, of course, not, not shying away from the, the big the big issues, but focusing on what can be done is, is really important to empower our teams. One of my questions, you know, was going to be to you, the average person watching this podcast, what can they do? What are the three things they can do to contribute to sustainability within their own home and within their own life that you suggest? Okay, so three kind of simple tips for, you know, traveling or, or day to day. I think one, one great one is carry your own coffee cup, you know, like a reusable coffee thermos that, you know, most of us have. Remember to carry it, put it, keep it in the car, bring it in, clean it, bring it back. Um, that can, that single act can reduce. If you think about it, add up all the coffee cups you've ever had, add up the coffee cups just from the last month even. Um, and those, that re, those resources, the pay, even if it's paper, that comes from somewhere, right? And, it's, yeah. and, and it could be a reusable cup. Um, so that's, that makes an impact. It really does. Ride a bicycle, walk if you can. And, and I think a lot of people are working remotely now, and that's definitely making an impact in terms of less um, transportation impacts for, for climate change right? Yeah. So, you know, less driving. Um, if you can work from home, that also reduces your carbon budget as a person. And is that a focus of Six Senses, making things, you know, more, or the menus rather, more plant-based? 
It is. It is, in fact. So we we have a fairly comprehensive, I, I, I like to believe it's comprehensive strategy for, for climate change, our climate action plan, which is published on our website. You can find it there um, in broad strokes. And one of our goals is a target for plant-based items on the menu. And I'm probably going to get this wrong, but I think the goal for 2023 is to have all of our menus aligned with a 60% plant-based menu yeah, as, a, as a general wow. Some of our resorts go further. Some of our, results ha- our resorts have a, a fully plant-based menu in some outlets. Um, you know, and we don't want to go completely vegan as a group, but yes, definitely shifting to more plant-based is, you know, it seems to be a global trend and it's something yeah. that we think is very positive and we want to be part of. And I'm sure a lot of those plants are actually grown on site or very close by, right? They're sort of, you know, a lot more local produce. Is that part of that initiative? Yes. So we've for a long time have been growing our own plants. And that's part of us wanting to have closed loop cycles in place at our operations. And what I mean by that is, so we produce food waste, of course. Um, and our goal is first for humans to eat all of the food that we have. And then if not, we also keep livestock to eat some of that waste. So we have chickens and goats. Goats are great. They will eat anything and they compost it within a day into fertilizer. That fertilizer can go back to the soil and then the cycle restarts by growing vegetables through from the soil, right? So it's that that food cycle that we want to be part of and that's pure sustainability. Our goal is not to be self-sufficient on food. We still want to support local farmers very right. much so, right? But by growing our, our food, it's a way for us to, to, to promote those healthy cycles of, of growth and regrowth. And it's a way to ensure that we have fresh, local, fully organic vegetables. We know that there's no chemicals in those vegetables because we've grown them ourselves. And we tend to focus on, you know, the leafy greens, the salads, the things that, that don't ship well over distance. And we want to be super, super fresh so that we have those what the wonderful foods available for our guests. Yes. Fantastic. And of course, what you're also describing is that sustainability links very clearly with wellness. Absolutely. Some different ways of thinking about wellness, right? And what we're very focused on is what you might call holistic wellness. So it's, it's not just, it's not a medical focus. It's not treating the symptoms, but for us, for six senses, holistic wellness, we look, we think of it in many dimensions of wellness and it's spiritual wellness, it's emotional wellness. It's also physical wellness, but creating the conditions that are conducive for people to thrive. Now those conditions are also the conditions that are required for sustainability. So that's where there's a great intersection between sustainability and wellness. And really for holistic wellness to work, we need sustainability as a foundation. Yeah, 100%. And can you take us on a journey for a minute? I mean, you are really sitting at the heart in many ways of sustainability within the luxury hotel world. Where is this all going to go in 10 or 20 years time? What can you see happening? What are the major changes we'll see in the industry to support a more sustainable world? Wow. So, I mean, hard to predict, especially because the changes in the luxury space are happening so quickly and the changes in the sustainability space are happening so quickly. What I would expect to see and what I hope to see is a lot more hotels with reduced carbon budgets. Um, and carbon footprints. There was a lot of hotels now being built with very, um, very, you know, high goals, high aims set 
in, term, in terms of being carbon neutral. So I, I would anticipate that we'll have a lot of carbon neutral hotels being built. Um, a lot of luxury hotels more focused on plant-based menus, more focused on connecting with nature. I believe that in the next 10 to 15 years, nature will become more of a premium. I think nature itself I agree. is a luxury commodity. And I think that's already kind of being seen to a certain degree. I think in 10 to 15 years, we will see a, a much more economic focus put on preserving nature and really cherishing what we have in terms of wildlife. Um, and the same goes for authentic local cultures and communities. Yeah, no, I, I do tend to agree with everything you're saying. And, but at some level you think, why aren't we doing all of that now? Why, you know, you know, hurry up people, we need to preserve nature, you know? I mean, that's the priority, absolutely. surely. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely do. There's a meeting in happening in Montreal, the COP for, not for climate change, but the COP for biodiversity from the United Nations in the next, in the coming weeks. And uh, I think the outcomes of that are going to stir up the international community quite a bit because there are alarm bells that need to be raised in terms of biodiversity loss and the need, the, the urgent, urgent need to preserve nature. And, yeah. and it, is, it is rare and it's precious and it's valuable. Yeah, that's it, it's, it's irreplaceable. That's, you know, that's the reality. And Jeff, tell us when you go on a luxury holiday or do you travel in luxury, where do you like to go? And how do you map out a sustainable holiday for yourself or for your family? Well, first, of course, I, I travel to Six Senses locations and I do that more for work, but I also love to bring my family and, and do visits to our resorts and, and our growing group of, of more urban locations as well. Uh, and, and I love it, you know, honestly I do. And, and my family loves staying at Six Senses locations. When we're traveling not so much for work and, and outside of Six Senses, my luxury very much is unique destinations, unique cultures and wildlife. So the luxury for me is not beautiful rooms and views and martinis by the pool at all. I'm very much on the other end of the spectrum. I would much rather be seeking out places that are pristine natural beauty, places that are probably less visited and, and not so focused on the way that we get there, but the destination itself. So give us an example, where have you been lately that, that has encapsulated what you're describing? Well, I mean, the, the next family holiday that we're taking, we're going to get on a boat uh, in Thailand, this is where we live. So we're going to travel by boat to a resort that is at the base of a cliff um, in a less populated part of Thailand. And then from that resort, we're going to go out in the boat and discover and explore local islands in the area, which is right uh, directly adjacent to a marine national park. So that's that's a good example of what we like to do. And again, that's that's for me and my family, that's our version of luxury. How wonderful. And tell me, you know, on a personal level, given your incredible job, do you feel positive or fearful about the future of the world in terms of sustainability and conservation and all of the issues that you are working on? I think understanding what challenges we have in front of us any rational person should be fearful you know that would be that's a that's a normal healthy response and there's a lot of talk about um you know climate anxiety and it's a real thing and i think it's it's uh you know it's it's healthy to acknowledge that i'm also very optimistic and i know that travel can be a force for good 
And I see that, I, I see that force for good being implemented in lots of our locations day in and day out. You know, we can make a positive impact on wildlife in locations where tourism is bringing economic advantages and information and people and expertise to remote parts of the world. We can also make improvements on our local communities in those parts of the world for the same reasons. Yeah. And talk us through the project. You saved 100 elephants. In, uh, it was a project you did in Thailand. Can you tell us a little bit about that as an example of, you know, conservation work that you've personally been involved with? Sure. So, I mean, I don't want to overstate it. I, I am very proud to believe that I've made a positive impact for the lives of 100 individual elephants. I did not do that alone. Sure. <laughs> and it actually wasn't one project. That was a series of different projects that I worked on over time, um, mostly consulting for elephant tourism businesses that were doing either elephant circus shows or providing elephant rides and helping them transition to more sustainable forms of tourism. A lot of that work was directly working directly with indigenous communities who keep elephants. And that was the really fun part for me was getting to learn those cultures and spending time with those people and learn from them about conservation work, about the, you know, how to live in more harmony with the forest. And, and of course, learning about elephants was an incredible part of that journey for me. And for our viewers who may not know, what do you recommend when you're traveling and you do have these opportunities to perhaps ride elephants or have photos with elephants? What is your advice to, you know, make sure that the elephants are respected? Well, the best elephant tourism interactions in my mind are those that benefit the elephants. So, and also of course have value for, for, for the visitors. And elephants like to bathe, they love water, they like to play in the water. So if you're watching elephants play in the water, that's great, that's natural behavior. They love to splash around, they will you know, throw mud at each other, they will, they will wrestle, they do lots of fun stuff. So if you're watching elephants, play or bathe or swim, that's a very positive thing. They also need to be bathed. So for proper elephant care, uh, you know, and maybe you're participating in that care by giving the elephants a bath or by feeding the elephants or by helping gather elephant food, that's a very positive thing for them. But ultimately, you know, the, the pinnacle for me is experiencing elephants in their own environment. If you get the chance to get into the forest with Asian elephants, that's an incredible experience. And what most people are blown away by, and myself included, is how quickly and silently the elephants blend into the jungle. They kind of just fade away. These giant animals will just disappear into the jungle. Um, and it's, it's, such a, it's such an amazing experience while they interact in their environment and for us to be a visitor to their space. How wonderful. So you're basically saying, riding them, watching them in a circus, any of the above is not, you know, in the benefit of the elephant. And really we should not be doing that. There's, there's arguments, pros and cons to is, does, does riding an elephant actually do any detriment to the animal physically? Um, I think that argument is less interesting for, to me than the question of, is that the most fun you can have with an elephant? And I think yeah. absolutely not. I, I find sitting on a chair on an elephant's back incredibly boring. I can sit on a park bench without an elephant too. Um, but being on the ground level and actually interacting with that elephant, experiencing them at, you know, at eye level is much more interesting for me. Yeah, fascinating. And before we go, I have to ask you another personal question. Are you vegan? <laughs> I'm not vegan. 
Um, I, I do eat seafood. I found it, I, I tried going vegan. I found it incredibly difficult, but I do, I have eliminated meat from my diet other than seafood. Oh. And um, that's partly because I just feel better about it. And yes. I also do feel better about the, the climate and the carbon footprint. Fantastic. And Jeff, where to from here for you? You've got your holiday coming up or what, what are your plans in the next few months? Next few months? Well, I am looking forward to getting involved with some of our hotel openings that are coming soon. So we're, you know, very busy getting prepared to support those hotels. We've got a hotel opening in Switzerland, Crown Montana. Where is it? Where is it? Crown Montana. So you know, up in the mountains, it's an alpine resort. It's going to be, you know, ski in, ski out, um, and also really great summer activities. And we're planning some some wildlife conservation work already. That's going to keep us very busy through the summer months. And, and also, Six Senses Rome is opening very oh, soon, right? Wonderful in parts of the city. Yeah, um, and we've already got a partnership with where our neighbor is a church with some historical artifacts and we've already partnered with them we're doing some restoration work on the facade of the building so getting involved with cultural conservation and architecture and and buildings and that's probably a theme that we're going to explore over the coming years for Rome and we are located minutes walk from you know the from from different historical sites within the downtown of Rome so um, fantastic location and excited to see where we can go there how exciting I can't wait to see that probably Rome is such a great city period and there are already some fantastic hotels there so it's about to get even better with six senses opening it is it's a fun place excellent well Jeff thank you for the work you're doing for our world let alone for the luxury hotel industry and thank you for taking the time to talk to us today you're very welcome Renee thank you take care don't forget to subscribe here and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for regular travel updates. You can also hear our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.